text, the message this morning is Revelation 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures, and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain, with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. By your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them, saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and glory, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, after Christ ascended into heaven, a man named John, one of the disciples, was on the island of Patmos in exile because of his faith, because the church was being severely persecuted. While he was there, he had a vision, and he was allowed to look into heaven through the door that his mediator, Jesus Christ, opened for him. And the revelation of Christ to John and the churches is given to comfort the church in the midst of persecution. Chapter 4 describes the majestic throne in heaven and includes a song of the angels praising God for he created all things in verse 11. And then in chapter 5, the Lord Jesus reveals that he was worthy to Take a scroll 
from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. The Lord Jesus spoke of his work in a way that would be understandable to the first readers of this letter, of this book of Revelation. And since they knew the Old Testament, when they heard the words of Revelation 5, they would have been reminded of the scroll or the book mentioned in Daniel chapter 12. It's also mentioned in Isaiah 29 and in the first chapters of Ezekiel. And they would have remembered that book, that scroll in Daniel 12, which had been sealed up until the time of the end in anticipation of the coming deliverer who was, as Daniel explains, at the central point of the whole history of redemption. The one who was to rise to heaven, to his throne, as we sang about in Psalm 110, and to take with him all his chosen ones. From the Old Testament, the church would have understand that the scroll of Revelation chapter 5 contained the will of God. The judgments for the wicked and the names of all God's elect who would be redeemed through the blood of the mediator. And with John, the church understands that by taking the scroll and by opening its seals, the Lord Jesus was enacting the final part of God's saving plan, which would bring redemption and deliverance to his suffering church. The final part of the plan which needed a mediator. John also knew why it was so important to open the scroll. And he wept bitterly at the thought of life with the scroll still sealed. John recognized that if, if the scroll could not be opened and if it remained sealed, that meant that there was no mediator to be found for the church in, in, all, in, in all the universe. And that meant that his fellow Christians were being slaughtered on the earth for a faith that Paul even calls it would be a futile faith. And in this context, the elders' announcement about the victory of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, is a most joyful announcement that leads all our lives into a song of praise that we will sing for all eternity. We do not have to remain under the burden of sin and God's wrath. The devil will not win because Christ has conquered, so announced the angel. And we could start off the year with a song of of all creation. It's called a, a cosmic creation song. And that song works all that was promised in the previous songs we looked at and brings all the themes together for the new song of victory in Jesus Christ. I preach to you the reason for our eternal song under this theme, Jesus Christ has the authority to unlock the final part of God's saving plan. We'll see, worthy is the Lamb, worship the Lamb. If you look at Revelation 5, verse 5, you'll see that one of the 24 elders described in chapter 4 
announce that victory of the promised Messiah. Although the world deserves to remain under the dominion of the devil and the wrath of God because of all their sins and rebellion, God remembered his covenant promises. The Lord remembered the promise that he spoke to Israel through the blessing that Jacob gave to his son Judah in Genesis 49, announcing that the scepter, it's a sign of kingship, shall not depart from Judah, who was like a lion. The Lord remembered the prophecy that he spoke through the prophet Isaiah that we read about in Isaiah 11, promising that the root of Jesse would be born as a descendant or shoot of Jesse and stand as a signal or a banner under which people from all over the, the universe would come together and enjoy peace and safety. In Revelation 5, you see that reference to Genesis 49, to Isaiah 11. And the elder announced that this lion who was born in the line of David, this promised Messiah, would give joy and hope to the people of God. We read, he has conquered. The word conquered reveals that he accomplished what he set out to do. It was a glorious announcement for the church to hear. The Lord Jesus, this lion of the tribe of Judah, he completed his mission. He did everything that needed to be done, everything that he set out to do. And so the judgments and the promises of the scroll could be fulfilled. And God's saving plan of redemption could continue. John was able to see the victorious Messiah who conquered. He could see him in, his, in the vision of, of the majestic glory of living creatures and, and elders that were surrounding the throne of heaven. See that in verses 6 and 7. Although he may, be, he may have been expecting a majestic king, John saw a majestic lamb. We read the lamb was standing and not lying down on the ground, even though he had the marks on him of being slain. The explanation that John gives about the meaning of the seven eyes shows us that the lamb was more than just your typical, ordinary, created sheep. That his form was symbolic. That means it sent a message to the church about who the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven is. The first readers would have remembered seeing lambs that had been slain for Passover sacrifices. The lamb was a sign of God's grace in saving his people from the slavery of Egypt when the angel of death passed over their house so that they might continue to live and worship their Savior. The people reading about this lamb, they would have remembered the prophecy of Isaiah 53 that compared their Messiah to a lamb that was led to the slaughter. The lamb was a sign of God's willingness to humble himself, to come into the world, to serve, 
to die for sinners on a cross, to give his own life as a ransom for many. And everyone who knows the scriptures knows that that lamb that John saw in heaven, who was standing even though he had once been slain, that was confirmation that Jesus Christ had truly been lifted up right back into the glory he once had with the Father. This was confirmed by the horns and the eyes that John saw on the Lamb in heaven. A horn is a symbol of strength, the number seven of fullness. So the church could know that this Jesus Christ who had once been slain was now almighty. And the Lamb had seven eyes, which would remind the readers of the prophecy of Zechariah, where the seven eyes are associated with, with God's omnipotent spirit, his all-powerful spirit, his all-knowing sovereignty. John wasn't seeing a weak lamb in heaven. The picture is a, a lamb with all power and all knowledge standing in the most holy, holy, holy place in all the universe and beyond. And the Trinitarian blessing that we hear so often in this church from Revelation 1 speaks about the seven spirits who are before God's throne. Now John is able to see what those seven spirits are after Pentecost. He's able to see what Pentecost looks like from the heaven perspective. He sees the Spirit being sent out from the Lamb who is victorious into all the earth. It's exactly what we read about in Acts 2, verse 33. It's a glorious vision for the church to see their Savior, their Lord, their Mediator, victorious, powerful, all-knowing, seeing everything with his church, by his spirit. The messianic king, born in the line of Judah, born in the house of David, has ascended to his eternal throne. And having arrived there, he did not forget his church. He did not forget his church here on the earth. He remembered his brothers and sisters. The, the message of Revelation 5 is that Jesus Christ knows and cares. He knows what it's like to suffer under the effects of a, a world under the, the curse. He knows how you two are looking for the, the consummation, the end of, and fulfillment of all things. The Lamb remember even when he went up into heaven he didn't forget about the church on earth and, and so he approached the throne and, and he took the scroll from the right hand of the one who was seated on the throne so that his church could share in the redemption he had obtained the song of the heavenly creatures around the throne is a celebration of the effectiveness of the death of Jesus Christ for his church. They sing their praise because, as we read in verses 9 and 10, Jesus Christ was slain 
so that he could be that eternal mediator between you here on the earth and God in all his majesty and glory. The song explains the life of Jesus Christ, how he satisfied God's justice by bearing the punishment that God's chosen people deserve when he died on a cross for your sins. For this reason, the angels can sing that, that Jesus' human blood was the currency. The four living creatures, rather, they sang that the Jesus' human blood was the currency that was used to pay the ransom for the people of God. The four living creatures and the 24 elders, they sing their praises because the Lamb was judged as a worthy mediator. You see what that means for us here on the earth. You see what that means about where and who you need to trust. Because whoever believes in Jesus Christ shares in his redemption, is redeemed by his blood. Jesus himself said that if you believe in that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, then you too are among those who have passed from death to life. And the angels, the heavenly creatures, they rejoice that this assembly of God's elect whose names are written on the scroll, they will be gathered together from every tribe and language and people and nation. The universal church is not joined together because they have a common language or a common culture or a common lifestyle or that they do the, the same meritorious work, but the church is gathered together by God's sovereign grace that he showed to them when his son, Jesus Christ, bought them with his own blood. That's what unites Christians all over the world, that God decided to buy them, send his son to buy them, purchase them with his blood. That's humbling. It's humbling to recognize that we are not here worshiping God together because we are better than those who are not. But it's completely and entirely because of God's decision and Christ's work who makes us what we are today. His self-sacrificial love, his purchase, his victory over death, his work as mediator made it possible for him to be worthy to take the scroll and bring his church into the saving grace of God. Can you feel it within you, don't you? That new song welling up because you can sing it as well. The new song that praises the Lamb because he made the people he ransomed a kingdom of priests for our God, we read. They shall reign on the earth, verse 10. That's a clear allusion to Exodus chapter 19, verse 6, where the promise of the covenant is that God's people will be a kingdom and priests who are holy to God. Together with Daniel 7, which applies that same promise to, to all countries, all tribes and languages and nations. 
kingdom of priests is a kingdom in which everybody loves the Lord and wants to serve him as they constantly fight against sins and embrace the forgiveness of their sins. That's what it means to be a kingdom, to be priests. The names of the elect in that heavenly scroll are all those who are distinguished from the world of those who hate God because they have been purified by Christ's blood. Because they have been given the Holy Spirit to dwell in them. The kingdom and priest. Do you see yourselves in this description? Do you have that song of thanksgiving in your heart to see that by God's grace you belong? Then you can also know that Jesus Christ, the Lamb in heaven, has the sovereign authority to make you reign on the earth. That's the central theme. That's the message of Revelation 5. That announcement of Christ's victory. The mediator. It makes all creation want to worship him. Jesus Christ has unlocked the final part of God's saving plan. We do not need to worry. We do not need to weep. We as Christians, we're not to be pitied more than all men. We are not wrong about the truth that we profess. As he did in the days of the Exodus with Moses, God established his appointed mediator in the first place so that he could deliver us from the slavery of sin to bring us into the promised land. Well, salvation has been secured and guaranteed through Christ's work. So now God can assure his saints of every single promise that he made. You will persevere even when God is punishing his enemies as that scroll would describe as you see in the following chapters. The Lamb of God is the mediator who has opened the will, the, the testament, that scroll in order to bring all those who believe in him to their promised inheritance. Now you see why the four living creatures and the 24 elders reacted as they did when he was worthy to take the scroll. Worship the Lamb. The heavens erupt with song and worship. We read about that in the second part of the chapter. First, that inner circle of living creatures described in chapter 4 and the elders around the throne. They begin singing a new song. And the 24 elders each have a harp and we read golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of the saints. Psalm 141 that we sang together. We note the musical accompaniment in the vision of heaven's worship. There's harps there in the vision. 
The word used for prayers is the word requests. And the bowls are full. The full bowls point to the full number of people desiring this deliverance, crying out to God for deliverance. And so the church that was receiving the written version of John's vision, they can know that their prayers are being heard even though they may not be answered right away. They, they're, they're to think of the, the bowls filling up, the number of prayers filling up, that may take some time. Their suffering does not end immediately. The Lord is bringing his salvation in time. It's quite a thing to think about when you pray. You can see the other end of that prayer right there, the presence of God in those bowls held by the 24 elders. All the heavenly creatures in the inner circle, they respond to the Lamb's worthiness with a song that simply praises God for Jesus' work. Like all faithful gospel preaching, the heavenly beings repeat what they had seen the Lamb do. And they tell the world that Jesus is the way to salvation. They praise the Lord for the simple fact that the Lamb was able to take the scroll. It's an announcement that He is the mediator. In Him there is continual intercession for the church before the throne of God. And they repeat this because it's wonderful news. And then the second heavenly choir begins, verse 11. They're standing outside the inner circle. The text describes it. And so the choir grows from the throne and outward like, like the ripples that spread out in the still water of a pond when you throw a stone in the, into the water. Now voices of hundreds of thousands of angels join the worship. They respond to the announcement that the Lamb is worthy to take the scroll by declaring that the Lamb is also worthy of the glory. He is worthy of the praise that is reserved for God himself. Because Jesus Christ, the Lamb, who unlocks the rest of history for the church, is also true God. The angels describe the kind of worship that is fitting for the Lamb of God who ransoms his, his people. He's, he's describing what your life looks like. Your life is all worship, focused on the Lamb. And they use language that is similar to David's prayer of praise to God. You can read in 1 Chronicles 29. It's also found in the final part of the prayer that the Lord Jesus taught his church. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. The Lamb is worthy to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might. That's what your life, 2020, looks like. Thinking the Lamb is worthy to receive everything. If you have to lose your position of power on the earth to follow Jesus Christ, it's worth it. Because he makes you ruler of a much greater kingdom. 
He is worthy to receive all your resources of wealth and wisdom and might because his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And the angel's proclamation urges us to use all our resources to worship that lamb. He is worthy to receive it all. He's worthy to receive honor and glory and blessing. The angels call us, call those who believe in Jesus Christ to trust him with everything, with your heart and your strength. Understand and believe that he is the one who is sustaining your life. He is the one who is holding his church. And so as they did at Jesus' birth, so again the heavenly army calls the world to give glory to God in the highest. Worship the Lamb with the sevenfold praise, the fullness of your being, your heart turned to Him. And so the last part of the universe enters into the heavenly song, the, the great outer circle, every creature, and then it goes through all the parts of creation, the same parts that they were looking for uh, through to find a mediator, that same group who were unable to produce a mediator who was worthy. They all say together, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Every creature will respond to that call of the angels with all their heart, with all their, with their, with all their being. It's like we sang in hymn 23, Philippians chapter 2, recognizing Jesus as Lord. Now when we think about the description of the day of judgment revealed in Revelation 20, it would appear that even those who are being punished for persisting in the rebellion against the Lord while they were on the earth, they will be forced also by the truth of Christ's victory to bow their knee before the Lord. The song of all creation is, is the obedient response of the church to the song of the angels who are responding to the, the song of the four living creatures. And this announcement response is so beautifully captured in, in the hymn that we're going to sing together, hymn 27. There the angels describe it. They say, worthy the lamb that died, they cry to be exalted thus. And the next line of the hymn goes, worthy the lamb, let us reply, for he was slain for us. And then the great crescendo is closed off are the four living creatures who said, Amen. They declared, it's true, it's certain. And the elders fell down and worshipped. And John could know that everything would be okay. Like Simeon, John could see that the Lord was letting him depart in peace, even though his Savior was a sign that is opposed all Christians who are suffering under the cross can know that nothing in heaven or on earth can separate them 
from the love of God for them in Christ Jesus. The vision makes every attack look pitiful. Look at our land. Look at who is on our side. The plan of God will go forward. He has received all authority in heaven and on earth after he bought you with his blood. And with this song, with this vision in our hearts, in our minds, we, we enter this new year, we start it up first Sunday, and we just look at each other, we, we know his, our future is in the sovereign hands of the glorious Lamb. The sovereign, almighty, omniscient Messiah who gave his very life so that we might live forever with him. What confidence we may have. What comfort in the midst of persecution. Jesus Christ has been given a sovereign authority to unlock the rest of God's saving plan. Like Daniel, we can know that if we believe in Jesus Christ, and that's how he, Daniel's prophecy ends, the Lord looks at him and says, Daniel, go your way to the end, and you shall rest, and you shall stand in your allotted place at the end of days. The Lamb is worthy of your worship. Sing with confidence that new song, the victory of Jesus Christ. For if you believe in Jesus Christ, all that John saw in the vision, that's the truth. Amen. We'll sing together hymn 27. Standing, if you're able to stand, it's a hymn that's based on Revelation 5, verses 9 to 13.